you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you coming by the show. Thanks for being here. Uh, and as always, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Tell all of them about us and what we're doing over here at the show. Uh, go to youtube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, linkedin.com, Fortress Chris Voss, and all the other places that we are on the internet today we have an amazing gentleman and author always the brilliantest minds on the show and uh we're going to be talking to him about his latest book that came out february 21st 2023 it's called muslim reformers versus fundamentalists winner contributes to diversity multicultural enrichment eric Rizzo is on the show with us today, and we'll be talking about his latest book and everything else that goes into it. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, let's get to know him a little bit better. He is a Canadian writer who specializes in the topic of Islam and anti-Islamophobia. He is the author of the newest book, and uh, his journey to becoming an author began in 2012. From 2012 to 2017, he was in and out of jail for a total of three years. The most significant conviction during his time took place in 2014. He was sentenced to nine months in jail for willful promotion of hate. In 2016, he was charged with incitement to commit genocide and incarcerated for 10 months. This charge was uh, dropped to cause disturbance to to a cause disturbance uh, uh charge uh during his years in prison he chose to fight the inevitable boredom by reading and copying verses from the quran he did this for eight to ten hours a day during his time uh, his opinions on islam began to acquire context the transformation of his thoughts was completed and was thrown into a fountain at the behest of a mob at the 2018 Danforth shooting memorial he describes his experience as an epiphany and a baptism that changed the course of his life. Uh, since his semi-religious experience in 2018, he sought to make amends by sharing what he learned with others. And he shares his thoughts on his website and uh, blog and, of course, his latest book. Welcome to the show, Eric. How are you? I'm doing very well, Chris. Thanks. Good, good, good. to be here. Good, good. It's an honor to have you as well. And uh, give us your dot-coms. Where do you want people to look you up on the interwebs and get to know you better? Um, well, I'm not as connected as I probably should be, but simply um, ericbrazil.com uh, is my blog, and uh, you can go to my website, which is learningislam.ca. There you That's, go. And, of course, Facebook. You can find me there, Eric Brazil. So let's dig a little bit into this bio that I just read. It sounds like maybe you went from somebody who was on one side of uh, Islam, uh issues and now you you're you're on the other side uh help us uh flush that out a little bit better. sure well I'm, I'm not exactly on a side okay. what i've done is i've just reoriented myself realizing that perhaps i was previously biased ah. and the the 
what happened at the water fountain, etc. Something happened, and that forced me to reevaluate my own my own thought process. Mm -hmm. Like I like to think I'm a reasonable person, and I'm a sure. You know, I'm a. We all. I mean, many of us want to believe that we're all of our opinions are based on sound foundational elements. Mm -hmm. And I questioned that. Okay. So I had to go back to the drawing board, and and so now I make a point of learning about the true Islam. Okay. So what was the what was the other in your book? You talk about which side will win, reformers and fundamentalists. So that's why I'm using the word side. Um, the uh, were you? No, but now you're a former. You, you're correct. There is two sides. Okay. However, I myself no longer align myself with any side. Okay. That there is yes. Okay, okay, I see. Whereas so, in the past, I was on the side, which was the, the Islamophobe side. Okay, so you were Islamophobic and you were against uh, Islam? In, in, a, in, a, in a big way, I was going down to the corner of Young and Dundas and doing protestations. And mm -hmm. basically, I wasn't burning the Quran, but I could have been. Oh, wow. Okay. I was at that level. So, Eric, uh, what, what, what's your origin? Were you, were you born or raised uh, in Islam or around Islam? Uh, as a child, I never knew Islam existed. I was born as a Catholic. Mm -hmm. You know, did my first communion, church, Easter, Lent, Good Friday. We went to all the high holidays and, and several in between, but nothing, not every Sunday, not even close to that. And as go. a child, I knew nothing about Islam until much later into my 20s, early 30s. There you go. And so, going after, going through your journey of uh, of Islam and and uh, dealing with it, and and some of your um, things that you were going on with, uh, that, that you end up with the uh, convictions in jail. Uh, where are you at now? I mean, you've gone through this whole journey, and what's your overall perspective and feeling on on Islam? Well, my my, my journey right now is I run an organization called fightislamophobia.ca. Mm -hmm. It's a not-for-profit. Not okay. And the idea is to reach out to people who are in a potentiality of becoming, uh, putting their lives in danger, doing silly things, doing things that are possibly criminal, mm -hmm. to reaching out to them to show them that there is a better way to understand the religion of Islam and to help others understand what is the true Islam. Mm-hmm. And so, my my that was my journey was just how should how can I reevaluate what it is that I'm trying to portray and what message am I trying to give to the people? There you go. There you go. Simple as that. Okay. So, talk to us about your book, uh, Muslim Reformers versus Fundamentalists. Uh, why did you write this book? I mean, it seems obvious, but we like to hear from the author, of course, himself. Um, why did you write this book? What motivated you? And give us a 30,000 overview of what's inside of it. Well, it, good question. And often myself, I was critical of those who wrote books on Islam. Here in Canada, some woman wrote her life story, and I said, you know, very good, interesting book, but what do people need to know about Islam that they don't already know? Mm -hmm. What could she say? All she can say is Islam is good or Islam is bad, oh. either or. And, mm -hmm. and people usually have an opinion on Islam one way or the other. Mm -hmm. It's rare that you'll hear someone say, I know very little and I'm ignorant on the subject. Uh -huh. <laughs> have you ever heard anyone say that? Not really. I mean, uh, I think people have opinions whether they're well-formed or well-educated or not. 
they kind of have a, you know everyone's kind of kind of layman sort of uh, yeah uh, understanding and uh, yeah. yeah so I basically thought okay I was reading Urshad Manji and Zudi Jasser they're mm -hmm. very well known reformist Muslim celebrities in these in, in interfaith interdialogue circles in America and Canada and to some extent to the world. Mm -hmm. And I was reading their books and their podcasts and literature. And then I was reading also what we would call the, uh, the, the, the what we would call the problematic Islam, mm -hmm. the, the Islam that resembles ISIS, Al-Qaeda, uh, Yemen, Qatar, and those who are shouting death to America, whether they live in Iran or in America or in Canada, they're shouting death to America and to the West. Oh, wow. So those, those are the two Islams. And I thought, wow, here's an interesting perspective. Mm. Most people want to believe this as opposed to that, but some people want to believe that as opposed to this, the, the two sides. Mm -hmm. So my book focuses simply on presenting those two sides. Mm -hmm. As I do now, as Eric Brazil, I'm studying, I'm learning Arabic, I'm learning the terms, I'm learning to the nuances and what is underneath Islam as opposed to just you know the the, the fact if you like mm -hmm. the, what is the underlying essence and ethos that's being promoted by scholars Islamic doctrine you know Imams sheikhs here in North America and Europe mm -hmm. And you I'm not sure if I my, maybe I'm rambling. I don't know. Am I saying anything coherent? I <laughs> uh, no, you are. I, I I'm getting it. So uh, this book doesn't tell you what to think. I think is what you're saying. Um, you will you you present both sides. Is that a, my understanding of it correctly? Uh, that's exactly what I do. And if uh, what I'm most proud of, um, and what I spent most time working on, and I'll say you know editors and going back and forth was taking out any of my voice, hmm. of my opinion, of my... Because sometimes we try to be smart or sarcastic. I am the author, after all. So when I'm writing, I want to make a joke. I want to say something clever. Mm -hmm. Most of that is gone, if okay. not all of it. Huh. That's not to say that it's a boring book. I've tried to make it not boring either. Mm -hmm. That was very important to me. Is that a book that reads, that goes along, that moves along? And it is kind of humorous and funny. Mm -hmm. it's it's amusing to some extent you'll, you'll you'll chuckle sometimes okay but you won't chuckle because of of my opinion i don't try to be a smart guy all right and the last chapter which is what i learned this is my this is really my first book i wrote a book prior to this but a booklet mm. and in a book of this nature which is a non-fiction you have to have conclusion that's this is how the book concludes you tell the people what's the conclusion so my last chapter is conclusion with confusion. Mm. That's because an I'm interesting. Confused. That's <laughs> interesting. So at the end you're you're confused? Yes. I, the author, am confused. Okay. Not me, Eric Brazil, is not confused. Oh. But okay. me, the author is confused. All right. Because Does Eric Brazil has trying a bias. To present both sides and you don't want to be uh, biased and put your thumb on the scale? That's <laughs> I tried to do that as much as possible. Okay. That was my goal. Hopefully I've succeeded. And I think I've succeeded to a large extent.
So let's tease a little bit of this out. What is the difference between Muslim reformers and fundamentalists? So we can educate our well, audience. Sure. Um, think of an, um, let's see, a, a, a reformer would be someone who would say the, the constitution and democracy is compatible with my Islam. Mm -hmm. and my Islam respects free speech and human rights and LGBTQ rights. Mm -hmm. My Islam uh, is, is, is compatible with the West. My Islam is compatible with music, with any kind of music. Uh -huh. And then the fundamentalists, which are not in essence fundamentalists, but we term them fundamentalists, are what we would call ISIS. Simple. Mm. So, and then of course, um, do, are you familiar with Thomas Sowell? No. Okay, you should be. But anyhow, so he has a book in which he talks about uh, the, what do you call it, um, the constrained ver vision and the unconstrained vision. Mm -hmm. Now, everyone is a little bit of both. Some are at 90%, some are at in, on, on either side. Very few people are 100% on both sides of that equation. So, if we want to talk about fundamentalists, for example, what we would call ISIS, obviously mm -hmm. not every Muslim who's a fundamentalist is an ISIS sympathizer. Is that you follow me? But um, everyone's on the yes, scale I'm of Islam. You, yeah. mm -hmm. So the reformer who says, "I my Islam is LGBTQ friendly, and I'm married to a man," because there are Muslims who are say they're Muslim and they're married to a man or a woman, a woman married mm -hmm. to a woman. You could say that that person is wholeheartedly embraced Western civilization or Western values. ISIS or an ISIS type would be considered 10 because we would, from our perspective, call him a terrorist. Now, if, so if someone is a 7 or a 6 and says, well, sometimes it's okay to kill people for insulting the prophet Muhammad, but not always. <laughs> well, he would be, he could be considered a six or a five because he's somewhat Islamic is Islamist extremist, but not wholeheartedly. Where some fundamentalists would say, if you, if you don't grow your beard long enough as a Muslim, we kill you Jesus. because the prophet Muhammad said, grow your beard. Therefore, you must grow your beard. Mm -hmm. No exception, no comment. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Wow. Grow your beard. Come to the mosque and pray. If you don't come to pray, we kill you. Or Jeez. you shall die. Wow. Or, so that would be the fundamentalist. So in between there, you have people who, on, who you know, either he's a zero, a three, a five, a seven, or an eight. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference between what we would call fundamentalists and reformers okay so but coming back to it so then i present the to the reader the voices of those two extremes so the reader can uh, decide between the two and uh, figure out what they want uh, or what, what's good you know it's interesting to me i think people you know are, are always trying to understand the difference between you know isis islam uh a lot of people don't understand the difference between muslim and islam and they just don't they just don't 
get the whole picture. So it's good that they have some education so they can figure this out in uh, studying the debate. Um, some of the different things that you talk about is uh, it, how we uh, how we in, how we um, assemble and defeat irrational fear. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, Islamophobia is by its very nature irrational. Mm -hmm. So, funny enough, I was having a I was talking to a friend of mine who's a psychologist, actually a psychiatrist, and I asked him if there's a clinical um, clinical definition. If it's in some book, there's a you can be what do you call it? They can <laughs> assess you as being uh, an Islamophobe. And he said, no, there is no clinical uh, condition called Islamophobia. However, it's taken for granted that a, Islam, an Islamophobia is an irrational fear. So the idea from my book and what I'm trying to do with people who are labeled as such as Islamophobes is to help them to understand and deal with what people perceive to be the irrational. Mm -hmm. It's, and everything, again, is on a scale. So I'm not afraid of spiders. I should say I'm not afraid of spiders at all. But if I saw something that looked like a tarantula, I might start to get very nervous. Yeah, definitely. I'm not. I, when I was a kid, we used to catch grass snakes and feed frogs to them and put them in a box. You might have done that. Wow. But if I saw something that looked like a rattlesnake or a, a cobra, I might get, again, scared. Yeah. So when is it rational? To be scared mm -hmm. when is it irrational to be scared there you go then that's what i deal with or i try to deal with that and help people all right come to terms there you go and but, uh, if i may say one thing is not only the person who has to come to terms with that it's those who are labeling them or labeling people need to come to terms with what is a phobia and what is not a phobia mm-hmm yeah, I mean, a phobia is something where we don't fully understand it, right? Uh, we we need to not be afraid of something we have a full understanding. I mean, rattlesnakes are bad, cobras are bad, but they actually serve a, a good place in our ecosystem. Uh, you know, they kill certain rodents and different things like that. They have a service to the whole environment of, of an ecosystem um and uh you know they're you know they're they're part of a world that we have to all share and get along in i guess is that a good well, analogy not really <laughs> kind of but not really um because cobras and rattlesnakes are a reality of life that's mm -hmm. true that is a fact yeah. so you touched on that that's the reality of life but then do we want cobras and rattlesnakes in our backyard to no. eat the, the grasshoppers? No. Yeah. But if I saw gardens, what are they called those green garden snakes? And the, uh -huh. that would not scare me. Yeah. Those would eat the grasshoppers and maybe the mosquitoes. Yeah. So on that balance, which snakes do we want in our backyard and which snakes is it rational or logical to be fearful of? Okay. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and so you, you talk about tolerating and finish by embracing. Tell us about that. Well, as a society, we are told, and uh, it's, it become, it's become a truism, that we are to tolerate. I mean, that in, toleration in itself has become a virtue. Would you mm -hmm. agree? Yeah. But no one's quite... Uh, um, 
explained how toleration is in itself a virtue. Mm -hmm. So should we tolerate injustice? Maybe not. Probably not. Okay, so in the past as a civilization, we understood without understanding <laughs> that some things we should tolerate. So if you dressed a little bit funny or had a speech impediment, people understood it's not nice to make fun of that and we should tolerate you. And even if you were eccentric, you know, we could tolerate that. And that was something that we shouldn't tolerate and even embrace you. Mm -hmm. However, now just to make the example, not that I'm saying that this is how it should be, but the example would be 50 years ago, um, it wasn't seen as preferential to tolerate men who dress as women. Mm -hmm. So today we've learned that we are supposed to tolerate that and we've embraced that. So then the question becomes, is there anything that we should not tolerate and not embrace? Mm -hmm. By virtue, we seem to be saying that everything we should tolerate and we should embrace. Okay. We should tolerate it just because it's diversity and embrace it. There you and go. Again, that's what my, my book explores that in a very succinct, simple way to understand. Now you're and mentioning it, they're mentioning something about your voice being removed in the in the editing of the book. Is that did you, did you find a way to get that resolved? Because the voice has gotta gotta come through the other side. I'm not sure I understand the question. Uh, you earlier you mentioned that something about your voice and when you're writing the book and editing, yes, and correct. you had said that the editing had been removed. No, in the editing process, mm -hmm. I made a point of removing my personal bias. Oh, you removed your personal bias. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that I'm as opposed to saying ha 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 because that ha 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 this is funny. Like, I didn't. I just give you. It, it, I try to not play with the mind of the reader mm -hmm. and to convince him to kind of slowly believe something. Okay. I just presented it as much as I could as possible to be neutral and say, this is the information. Now you, because I'm confused and you, I'm certain they're going to be confused. So in the sense, my book is not so, I mean, I, it, I would love it if they, if they did, but those who are hardcore, are not going to like my book. If they're on either side of the equation, they will not like my book. Okay. Because it, it definitely challenges them. And what I've learned is for the most part, people who are hardcore committed to their point of view don't necessarily want to be challenged. Oh, yeah. Or they don't want to possibly, you know, be moved by something other because they're committed to their, to their ideology. Mm -hmm. So, example, you take a professor who's been writing books on uh, multiculturalism for the last 25 years. He's a professor of multiculturalism uh -huh. and such. And he's written books about why multiculturalism is good. He's been on panels and for the government. Is it possible for him to admit that maybe multiculturalism is not good? It's not because he's been, that's, he's very committed to that. Yeah. He's invested. Now, not to say that multiculturalism is not good, but it could either be, so someone who's written books about the evils of Islam and is committed to that, if he were faced with 
with anything other than that information, that could make him uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because he's invested into in that idea. So the person who is in the middle, who's not committed to one side or the other, will most benefit from my book. There you go. There you go. Well, it sounds really interesting, and uh, hopefully it can help open the minds. What do you hope this book achieves with people? What do you hope they come away with in the end? That a Muslim is not Islam, and Islam is not a Muslim. Mm. So, if you've met a nice if you've met a nice Muslim person, and I, I prefer to use the word Buddhists, we'll talk about Buddhists. If you met a nice Buddhist in the elevator, mm -hmm. you could assume Buddhism is a wonderful ideology. Now, had you met an angry, sad, frustrated Buddhist, because there's many reasons a person could be sad and frustrated when you meet him in the elevator, would that therefore mean that Buddhism itself is a not a good religion or a good philosophy? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. I could be I could be a good person and I'm a, I'm a Christian, or I could be a bad person and be a Christian. I could be a friendly person and a Christian and a not friendly person and a Christian. Maybe my dog just died. Yeah. You know, maybe true. I just found out I went bankrupt and yeah. I'm a Christian, so I'm really angry. Yeah. I'm not smiling. I mean, a lot of people from all walks of life, and it doesn't mean that you're good, bad, or ugly. I mean, it usually comes down to the, the, the person you are in and of itself, right? Correct. And there so that's perfectly well, well said. So the idea is to separate the people from the ideology. There you go. Separate the people from the ideology. I like that. That's more of what yeah. we need to take and do. Um, so this has been really insightful. Anything more you want to share us before we go? Well, not um, the whole, again, I'd like to leave it on separate the people from the ideology. Be they good people that you like or bad, for example, let's use Donald Trump. <laughs> you might not like Donald Trump, but if he says it's raining, it could be that it really is raining outside. We should Possibly, not doubt yeah. somebody just because we don't like them. Simple. Yeah, exactly. So it good comes point. back to when we come, when we want to learn about Islam, we should not take anything for granted just because we would prefer to believe one side as opposed to the other or we, we are ourselves invested on one side of the equation or the other there you go there you go well this has been really insightful eric to have you on the show and uh, share this data with us uh tell us where people can uh find you on the interwebs uh ericbrazo.com and uh Twitter, Eric Brazo on Twitter, Eric Brazo, and you can go to my website, uh, learningislam.ca. And of course, the book can be found at uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and everywhere else that fine books are sold. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Wherever fine books are sold, as we always say on the show, uh, yes. order it up, folks, wherever fine books are sold. Uh, Muslim reformers versus fundamentalists. Winner contributes to diversity. Multicultural Enrichment came out February 21st, 2023. What if you, the reader, when they walk away from reading this book, mm -hmm. it will not just, it will allow them to have a conversation at any dinner party, <laughs> any debate, and, and be able to contribute mm -hmm. absolutely on this subject. There you go. I mean, it's good to know and understand what's going on in our world, the people in our world, and uh, knowing, you know, leads to better understanding, and uh, hopefully we all get along. 
So there you go. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Foss, youtube.com, Foss, linkedin.com, Foss, and all those other places on the internet. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. All right, Eric. That's